Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker. And me, James Cooper. How are you? You all right? Yeah, 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 not bad, not bad. It's uh, it's just great to be uh, great to be back in the saddle. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, what, are we on the 217th day of January now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this dragon. <laughs> Jeez. I've never known a January dragon like this January. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we had a good Christmas, didn't we? We did. We had a fair old Christmas. Yeah. It was great. But it just seems to be, we're stuck on a mid-January. Yeah. Mid-January. Mid-January. Yeah. Mid-January. Yeah. It's like having a skip. Vinyl. You may be aware of this. It was a medium where we used to listen to music. Oh, you usually you skip on it. Did you, you have to have the mouse? No. Just wind it up. No, you didn't have to wind it up. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. You started it. <laughs> so, got the vinyl on there. He's like, you just get that skipping, skip, skip, skip. skip, skip. Yeah, yeah. And if you leave it, leave the mouse running. If you leave it, it's just it just keeps going. And keeps, yeah, yeah. It's like that middle of January. See, I've I've had some different challenges. I think it's been pretty cool. You're all right. I'm 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 glad for the buffer week. Boss Martin was away. I'm glad for that. Just to get my my head back into it. Yeah. Which I think most people need. <clears throat> if you're going and the first person you see is the person that whoa, and you start going and he could maybe yeah. challenges you in the most, and you go right. This is the way I'm gonna I'm gonna work. I'm gonna get into my own space, focus. Get myself back into work, not party mode, Christmas mode, New Year, but actually having that conversation, going, yeah, right, you're back in, and then challenges, and I, I think, I think I'm pretty set now till till sort of mid mid February, which I think's pretty. What's, what's that mid mid February? Well, I think everybody's going on holiday, are they? You're everyone, everyone's off on holiday. I'm I'm stuck sat here by myself. <laughs> Anybody else wants to reach out after the podcast and just let me know, and we could maybe do it over email. That's fine as well. Q and A, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Feb. Looking forward to the to the first initial, the sprint. We had the sprint into Christmas, and now we've got the sprint into end of year for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got the got the retreat coming up. Oh, pick your tickets up soon if you haven't, <laughs> because it's it, they're going fast. We've, yeah. There's not many spaces left. <clears throat> no, I'm really looking forward to that. Steve Peters. Randall Fines. Randall Fines? There's not many mountains he's not been up, is he? No, probably not. not probably not. You know what? I was I was swinging around for a witty answer then. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> right, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably not. And then we've got Fran. Fran. Fran Miller. Fran. I, I'm going to see Fran in a couple of weeks, actually. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> We're going down to Bell's to work with that. And Mandy Hickson. Mandy Hickson's going to be there again. Yeah. Inspirational. Absolutely. I'm going to have to put my heels together for that. Ram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, so yeah, that's 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 what I'm looking forward to at the moment. Everything's everything's sort of focused on that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, daily work. Yeah. But when we nail that next retreat, mm. I think, yeah, okay, good stuff. That's done. Now we can move on. Yeah, I think there's going to be some going to be some big things coming at the retreat. So, yeah. and I'm hoping some people we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to run into any of this coaching paradox where you've got close-minded people. Yeah, and that'd be interesting to get into. Yeah, that's what we'll do right now. Let's get into it, Spence. So I went on a recent a recent trip. I was talking to some executives in an organisation, mm-hmm. and he sort of. This is what sort of spurred, was part of the reason why we're talking about what we're talking about today. Interesting. So um, we were talking, and it wasn't a, it wasn't within a, a delivery. It wasn't. It, we weren't in a situation where I was delivering training. It was a social situation. Right. Okay. And we're chatting away, and and, and the uh, the the subject of this uh, executive's age came up. Right. Okay. So this guy, um, you won't believe it. He's older than me. <laughs> Incredible, but there you go. So, <clears throat> with the subject of this guy's age came up, and um, and he was talking about, and he wasn't to do with the, with business initially, right? <clears throat> but he was talking about, oh yeah, oh, I, that oh, he's too much bother. Oh no, I'll just, I'll just no, no, I'll get that. He was given an opportunity to be able to do something virtually. So he got, got whether he was completing form or do a meeting or something, but he could do it. And he was like, oh no, no, I, I, and he was he wasn't very confident in using the tech. Right, I wasn't very happy with the way things are, but but he was like, 
well, no, there's there's people out there that can show you how to do it. Or you can, oh, no, no, no. It's all, and he was a bit sort of dismissive. So he didn't do what he wanted to do because he didn't feel in control. Yeah. Wasn't happy about the the, the, the medium of, of what he was doing. Um, he didn't really want to learn how to do it. Maybe a bit of doubt in there. Maybe. Yeah, a bit of doubt. Yeah, yeah maybe. But, but the thing was, shortly after that, I was reading this article by, um, oh, what was his name? Joe... Joe Folkman. Is he Joe? Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Folkman. Um, and he was talking about this this coachability paradox, right. which sort of me, initially made me think about this situation with this exec, but but also think about previous other situations that I've, that I've encountered. Right. So the concept of this sort of coachability paradox is the higher you go, and this isn't everybody, so don't get out your pram, <laughs> this isn't everybody. You're all saying people. I, I don't want. I don't want to, want to be controversial, but but I, but I do. Yeah. I do actually want to be a bit controversial. Right. Certain people, uh, many people, often uh, as they raise the climb the corporate ladder, they seem to close themselves off from coaching, mm-hmm. uh, learning new things, uh, being open to new ideas, um, and we don't know. Well, we we can speculate. We can speculate why this could be. Um, but I think the ultimate thing, the, the conclusion we can come to is the less information you have, the less in touch with further down you are. So if you're thinking, if you're, you're, working, you're, you're running an organization and you're in sort of a C-suite position or equivalent, um, then you tend to get information from the C-suite. Yeah. So we're talking about what? Five, maybe even less people potentially. Uh, and let's say that the only alternative from that is from your direct reports, mm-hmm. which again could be five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the further you go up the pyramid, the less information you get. So you sort out of touch with what's going on, but a little bit further down. Then we could also look at how open are you to uh, coaching? Mm-hmm. How open are you to uh, learning new things? So now we're starting to think about, well, I've been promoted to a position of power um, because of my knowledge and experience. So why do I need to learn anything else? Do I need to learn anything else? That question would be around, well, when is anybody ever done? Well, no. No, I mean, we do talk about the um, when we start considering ourselves as an entity, Mm. um, we consider ourselves as an unfinished portrait. Yeah, and every day we go back to that portrait and dab another little bit of paint on there, don't we? Yeah, the day we die is the day the portrait's finished. Yeah. However, however, don't want to get all sort of metaphysical on it. Yeah. But <laughs> when we start considering this, it's what are people's perspectives of senior leaders? Do senior leaders are they instrumental in creating that perspective? Mm. Are they closed off? Yeah, are they uh, not not willing to not willing to learn new things? Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, but before we actually get into that sort of thing, what, have you got any thoughts on that? I've got, so when, when you obviously mentioned about talking about the coachability paradox, the first thing I was, and as we were just talk, talking it through, which we're doing quite a lot of the podcasts anyway, it was, if you're sat as a exec, as a leader on any, at any level, if you really wanted to, what are the biggest challenges for you? Well, what, if you have sat, Listening to this at your desk or on the commute to work, what are the biggest challenges for you today? Now, the point being is, what do you do about those challenges? Do you just wrestle them in your head and go, oh, I think that's the right thing to do. That's based on what I know. I'm going to stick to that idea. Thank you very much. There's a reason I'm in this position. And then don't necessarily go to an avenue where you might not have considered a communication with somebody from, well, we're going to talk about it, reverse mentoring. Right, yeah. Which could be one of the things that we speak about. Well, I know we're definitely going to talk about it. But have you considered where you go for advice, where you go for experiences around coaching? Or do you go to the same person who gives you the same result every single time you go to them because that's their job, they're there to support you? Now, if you start to think about that, What experiences are you going through on a daily basis? So not just the challenges, what are you experiencing? So it's the things that you do on a daily basis and that's your experience and you're quite happy, thank you very much. I pay my mortgage, 
about whether you've got a mortgage, you pay your pay for the car, you pay for everything else that you need to do, you pay for your golf club, your golf club memberships, or it might be a spa for the missus or for the partner. Now, whatever you're experiencing on a daily basis, do you ever challenge yourself? I know that we push each other quite a lot, and we've got some of the some of the experiences that we have at T2 regards IT. And Spencer will mind me, <laughs> I hope you don't mind me mentioning Spencer, but your IT savviness, if we'll have you can being able to take that information really quickly and go, yeah, I understand this. Would it be right in saying it takes a little bit longer with the IT stuff? Well, when you're used to Latin on parchment, <laughs> then, 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 yeah, sometimes, sometimes, uh, uh, yeah, it, it can be, it can be a little bit challenging. But, but I pride myself on the fact that I don't close myself down to it. Um, it takes a little bit of time, and I'll just so. Sometimes I've got to go back to the abacus. <laughs> there any reckoner in the slide rule? Yeah, but. I get that eventually. Get that. It just he he doesn't. It's not necessarily resistance. Yeah. But it's just the 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 capacity to see things in a different perspective. Not saying I haven't got that, but it's not instantaneous. And, and again, this was the and it's great, Spencer. And we we've had a, a giggle about this as well. But that goes back to my third and final question. You'll be happy to know is have you stopped developing? Now, if you stop develop developing. We talk about company growth and work with loads of different organizations that, and I know Martin's key term is if we're not growing, you're dying slightly because you're not going any further forward in any avenue that whatever you want to take the business organization, <clears throat> team, whatever it is, you're going down. Yeah. We're actually having that conversation going, right, what's the next thing? Where, where do we need to go next? Am I trying to pro solve a problem that isn't necessarily a problem for for you as an individual, but actually from a coachability point, am I solving my next problem? Where do I want to develop? Where do I want to get better or improve? So again, we've got loads of stuff to talk about in this space. Yeah. So let's not let's not beat around the bush. Let's not. What's it? What's you made? You've mentioned a couple of things on your, that mindset and not stopping developing. Yeah, just give us a little bit of a, a little bit more detail from a coaching paradox point of view what is it that like an open would you call it open mindset open closed fixed or growth whatever it is yeah 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 so we could we could consider that but um it's <clears throat> we can talk about the we can talk about mindsets we talk about mindsets when we do sessions yeah i think what we've got to do before we actually start thinking about that is what affects the mindset Okay, so I've I've made a couple of notes here. There's, so there's there's um what what we I've written down is what we call the promotion predicament. So um, advance as you advance through your career, your confidence grows, but openness to feedback declines. Right now, this isn't necessarily a you are blind to your own faults. Yeah, that we I'd love that when we do print, and people just don't get the irony. He says here that I'm blind to my own faults. I don't yeah. think I am. You know. The, the other the other classics one. I don't get defensive when I'm criticised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Um, so, yeah, obviously, it's not everybody, but it's this, uh, the capacity that you know things. Um, you go through life, you, you, you're you adding, you're adding a splodge of paint to that portrait every day. Yeah. Um, you've got, you, you're, you may be a subject matter expert. You yeah. may have a vast amount of experience. You must have a vast amount of knowledge. Uh, you may be, be highly qualified. There's all these things could be there. However, Getting that feedback, getting those communication, um, those those communication flows coming back to you. Yeah. So if people, if you don't welcome feedback, or people get the impression that you don't want feedback, then that's going to slow down and stop. Mm -hmm. And that was something that we were talking about earlier on about that. Um, the the premier of China. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's not a lover of bad news. Um. So when he gets bad news, people tend to disappear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens then is the communication dries up so now he's isolated mm. um so he's making decisions not based on facts or figures or intelligence he's just making decisions based on what people don't tell him yeah because they're not even giving him good news because they don't know what way what sort of side of the bed he's got out of yeah he may yeah. He, he might be a bit of a grumpy premier Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So this promotion predicament: the higher you go, the more you're expected to know, the more you might feel you know, but the less maybe the less feedback you're getting, and it's hindering our capacity for 
for for growth in a rapidly changing business environment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but when that when we start talking about um, uh, perception, so it might be that you you give a certain perception, you might display a certain amount of confidence. It might not be that you're close to feedback, but people perceive that. You know what? He knows everything. I'm. Not, I don't need to tell him anything. So now we're looking at experience and age yeah. as 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 a as a factor in this. So I, I jot down here: experience can breed a belief that leaders know best, hindering innovation and collaboration. Overcoming the mindset is critical. Uh, is crucial. Sorry. Um, so when we start talking about this mindset, we can look at it from both perspectives. Yeah. So if you're as the individual, let's say that you are a a, a, a more seasoned and a gentleman like myself, yeah. <laughs> Um, right. You've got to be open-minded. Yeah, I think that if, if you go through life with both your eyes open and no blinkers, mm. then on an almost hourly basis, life will smack you in the face and whisper in your ear, you don't know everything. So life's a learning experience and you've got to have that open-mindedness of taking these lessons and taking this information from wherever you can. But also we've got to start thinking about the perceptions end. Just because somebody is wearing a suit for one of our experts. I mean, I know we don't wear suits, yeah. but somebody's wearing a suit, somebody has a position of influence. It doesn't necessarily mean that they know everything and they're closed to uh, feedback or information. So if you've got something that needs to be passed on, then maybe you've just got to sort of cup yourself and go for it. Now, <clears throat> this brings me to, in, in, in this, for everybody that's listening, you know that we do this, there's a little bit of a structure towards our podcasts, mm -hmm. but this is literally from the first day that I started at T2, I've had, and for anybody listening, I've had Spencer come to me and ask me questions. I've gone to Spencer and asked questions, and that relationship has ended up being, right, you want feedback, I'll give you feedback. And I can remember one of the first gigs we ever did together. It was over over the, the great hungry over there, uh, but doing some work with all the boards. It was, well, how did you think that went? Now, for some people in other organizations, other environments, they might go, I would never ask for that. There's the micromanagement bit. So, <laughs> and it was, and it was the, the examples of, of when, just remember, it's micromanaging, that's micromanaging. Yeah. And, well, the whole situation yeah. is a different podcast altogether. Yeah. But for this, it was around how we work together. Mm how we support each other. Mm. And it's not a coincidence that me and you can have that conversation. Yeah. Now, depending whether you're slightly more senior from a T2 point of view mm. or from a experience point of view or from an adaptability point of view. But yeah. my point being that it is that conversation, that open network mm. to go, I know what you, what, I'm going to try and help you here. You're going to try and help me, and that's the relationship we're going to have. Sure, absolutely. Now, the depth of conversation can go from what you're having for your lunch to what do you think to this granular detail about this content that we're going to be delivering for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree. So for people that are looking there and going, well, what does that mean to us? Mm. It could be somebody that you work with very closely. Mm. Being a part of that, you might be able to spread that network, and I don't just go to Spencer. I might go to somebody else within the organization but do I have that same relationship? Would I want to be coached or have that conversation with them? Mm. I don't know what you think, Spence, but what do you think about the, the right person? <clears throat> I think it's absolutely imperative. Sorry, oh. sorry to cut you off. No, 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 go for it. <clears throat> but I think it's absolutely imperative. I was, um, I, again, it wasn't that long ago, I was talking to, uh, I, was, I was doing um, uh, day th the day two where we were talking about leading others. With a, with a, with somebody and and I, and I was challenged. I'm regularly challenged on this, mm -hmm. where people go, Spence, coaching leadership. Is coaching's coaching and leadership's leadership? They're not the same thing. They don't do. And I'm like, well, actually, no. We're talking about uh, employing le uh, coaching skills within a leadership com uh, context. Mm -hmm. um, but we were talking about um, we we're talking about using this, uh, and they were saying, yeah, but uh, we try or we have tried to do coaching. But I just don't respect the person that I was put with. So, so this person had been said. Uh, the the organisation said, right, we're gonna we're gonna move towards doing a bit of using a bit of a coaching model or coaching yep. leadership model, yep. um, and um, you were gonna be coached by them. There was no discussion. There was no sort of there was no sort of hi, can I buy you a drink? So <laughs> get, get to know you sort of thing. But 
Um, this was it. This was a case of right. this is the person who's coaching you. Yeah. And if you've got no respect for that person, or if you don't, if there's a bit of a personality clash mm. or something like that, that's definitely good. Because it's a coaching relationship, isn't it? Yeah. It's a coaching relationship, and you've got to foster things in that within that relationship. And before you actually start even getting onto the the the, the bare bones of coaching, yeah. you've got to have some sort of uh, rapport. Mm. You've got to have some sort of respect. Yeah. If it's not the right person, you haven't got that. Then. How is, I mean, even if we expand that out to school teaching, yeah, okay. you'll have had people who you, you t- who taught you from a school perspective that you massively respect for one reason or another. Yeah. But there's also potential for people who've taught you and you thought, okay, I, d- I just don't respect them, I don't get them. It might just be a personality clash. Yeah. But the thing is, you will garner more useful information from the people you do respect from than from the people you don't respect and not saying that the people who you don't respect don't have the information it's just because you haven't got that level of rapport trust integrity then that flow of information is going to be pinched yeah and just to take take your example and think about mentors mentors that you go to Mm. that you speak to that you have that conversation with what about the people that you don't why why don't why have you picked x and not picked W. Yeah. What, what 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 was the reason? What was the rationale behind that? Yeah. And the same principle, I'll go back to school. <laughs> French. <laughs> and it's ironic that I've lived in a foreign country for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. But I hated French. Yeah. And But I loved the teacher. I tried my best. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I just couldn't grasp the concept of French. For whatever time, the time at the time where I was at school or whatever it was. Mm. But... The feedback was great, lad. French in his day. <laughs> and well, I was trying. Yeah. Because I had the respect, I had the rapport, I had the integrity to go, I'm gonna listen, but I just I'm really can't see the end value in this. Yes. I'm not necessarily engaged with it, but and if when we go to the subjects and what you want to be coached on, yeah. That might be something that comes up again. But yeah, I totally agree with if I'm if I'm invested in you as an individual. Mm then I'm definitely more inclined to be listening to what you're saying and maybe even taking on board some of the advice. Yeah, so just just when we start considering that, and if anybody's sort of rushing off and, and needs to stop the podcast early, I'm not skipping to the end bit, right. but have, what do you think about just something that's popped into my head, having a bank of mentors mm. and a bank of mentees yeah. and then do a speed dating session? For one of a better expression, could be something where they get, even if it's a social situation where um, they, they just get to know each other a little bit more and you're going to warm to certain people and yeah. other people you might struggle with a little bit. Mm. Um, but, if, you know, maybe something like that before we start the allocation of mentors and mentees, mm. um, just making sure we have a little bit of a temperature check, get the dynamic first. I think I think that's going to benefit the relationship yeah. ultimately, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, as going on, we, when we're talking about age and experience as a factor, and we talked about um, sort of being open-mindedness and, and, and perceptions. If you're somebody who, who approach somebody from a let, let's say you've got a lower level, lower level management, mid-level management, supervisory, whatever the whichever one yep. you want, and you start talking to people who are higher than you and giving them the benefit of your experience, and when I say that. I don't necessarily mean at the Christmas party poking chests. Right. I'm talking about from a from a from a feedback from a coaching perspective, and that person um, receives that in the way that it was actually offered. Mm. You're empowering people, aren't you? Yeah. So going right, okay. Then so what else can I? How else can I contribute? Yeah. How can I help? Yeah. How can I help? Which I don't know if you, I don't know if you, this maybe when you start to consider that is that who decides who coaches you. Well, hmm. if you're thinking of, right, okay, I'm not just going to go to this person. I'm going to maybe go from somewhere in a, maybe a slightly different sector or a different area of the business. Mm-hmm. But what would be the rationale behind that? Would we be able to, learn, can I learn from somebody else that isn't in, in our cases, in learning development? Hmm. Do I need to go to somebody else that's in a totally different process or function or whatever you want to call it, area, and say, you get this, you've got a pretty good team. How do you do it? Mm. What are the things, what are the things that you do with your team that <clears throat> I don't necessarily do with my team? Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Can it be as informal as that? Within the coaching paradox or coachability paradox, do I sit and does it have to be 
I'm going to spend this time with this person on this day and now I'm going to expect to get this, this and this from it. Well, I think, yeah, I think um, it's a valid point you make. Does it have to be formal mm. or can it be informal? Mm. Um, I think that if it's something that you could potentially struggle with, it might work initially informally. Mm. If we're talking about formally, then maybe it's something in, in L&D, maybe somebody in HR and this organising this. Because yeah. I, I suppose ultimately, ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a culture of coaching and development and right. mentoring yeah. so that it's a non-negotiable. It's an expectation within the organisation. So, not. I mean, I know we're talking about the coachability paradox from the, from the perspective of somebody quite high in the organisation, but actually, if we get it so that through the spine of the organisation, everybody from the, uh, the, the the person who's just come through the door mm. to the, the most tenured person who's the CEO, potentially, mm. potentially, um, all the way through, it is part of the culture, learning and development. So it's something that you discuss with your your line manager on a on a on a regular basis, yeah. um, and and this is some when I say discuss it with your line manager, I'm not talking about a producer, a producer, a productive person, a person on the shop floor, yeah. talking with their their supervisor or or their team leader or, or or whatever. Not just them, but all the way through all the different steps. Yeah. So when so. Let's say, for the sake of argument, you've you've promoted from within, yeah. So that you've got somebody who's actually grown with the organisation. Now they're in a senior leadership position, mm-hmm. or you've got somebody who's been uh, recruited for the skills that they have, yeah. So actually, we've got a we've got a position here that needs to be filled. Uh, we're going to go outside, we're going to go external, we're going to find somebody from a another organisation, see what they they bring in when they come in, and they are. They, they see the culture, they recognise the culture, they're told about the culture, yeah. Yeah, about uh, coaching, about development, about learning. Um, and they should, must be sort of thinking, right, okay then, so I've been given this job because I'm bringing this to the table, whatever it is, experience, knowledge, yeah. whatever. Um, however, what am I going to get from this job? Mm. So when it comes to coaching, and it might be that you've got a little bit of a blind spot that you've open-minded about, but the last place you've got didn't give you the opportunity to challenge it. And actually, they maybe singled you out, made you become quite defensive. Mm-hmm. As a consequence, that was then put on your, put a little mark against your name mm-hmm. because, well, that's your weakness. You've always got that weakness. Yeah. Well, actually, hold on a minute. I've got a weakness. Put your hand up if you're never going to make a mistake ever again in your life. Yeah. Let's not, let's not try and be deluded in that point. Yeah. But, okay. okay, what am I doing to maybe combat that, to, to learn from it? And it's not just mistakes, the yeah. learnings, are they? Yeah. Um, so for, for, me, for me, really, have you stopped, and it could be, you've just come straight into the business. Have you stopped developing because you've got this set of skills? I'm, in the, I'm now in the position that I was, I was going for. Mm. I'm done. Yeah. So let's let's maybe think about that. Who decides what you need to be coached about then? Well, actually, what I've got is I've got I've got five points here that um I'm, we're going to lean into in a minute, right? Uh, and 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 that's something that I, I, I do want to talk about. Okay. Um, but before we actually why get there, just just hold your horses there a little. Uh, <laughs> uh, what we just want to just finish off this bit here where we're talking about the what okay. What, Let's think about this. What makes you coachable and what makes potentially makes you uncoachable? Mm-hmm. So how are you going to sort of see people? So what, what, what we've got here with this um, sort of self-awareness, self-serving bias, um, reflection, are you prepared to reflect accurately on, on what, what goes on? Mm-hmm. Are you one of these people who does stuff, it's done, it's in the past, moving on? Right, okay. Um, so being more receptive to feedback is usually as aware of a, le- a level of self-awareness. Um, uh, casting that self-serving bias around, because ev- as, as we've said before, everybody can ever always justify every decision they've ever made. It's not my fault they didn't get it. Not my fault they didn't understand. It's not my fault they didn't have the skill. So that self-serving bias is the one okay. that when you when you've got a certain when you've got a certain uh, view of the world, if somebody messes up, do you straight away think about micromanaging so they don't mess up? Mm. Or do you see that as an opportunity for coaching and mentoring? Because 
if you're doing the micromanaging bit, nobody micromanages his best self, by the way. Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when we when we start talking, you know, you've been in room with pe- in rooms with people when we're talking about triggers and getting your chimp out. Mm. How many people turn around and go, idiots that don't know what they're doing? Right. Let's talk about. <laughs> so there must be an element of ego in there. Yeah. Because people are going, I'm just going to say this, and I'm, I've got this internal narrative that I now believe in, and guess what? You're going to listen to what I've got to say because I hold this position, and this is the way that this is going to run. Yeah. Well, actually, if we think about it, when people want to come to for coaching, again, who's there? Who's doing what when? Well, hold on a minute. I'm going to Spencer, but just understand, I'm going to try and help you. I need to put my ego and, well, I know best, Spencer, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. I'm going to put that to a side and go, right, here's some questions. This is what I'm going to talk to you about. Yeah. What do you What do you think to this? Yeah. How do you think this situation might go? Mm-hmm. But from a coaching point of view, yeah. I can't come in and give it, look at my new chair, Spencer. What do you think to this? Yeah. Rocking my shoulders around. You need to be able to, need to put that ego to a side and be, and be genuine. Don't yeah, just be... Let's lean into this. And I'm making eye contact with the people who are watching. If you're a subscriber, remember I love you. But <laughs> let's, let's talk about these, let's talk about these high-flying executives. Let's talk about these people who own, or, or hold a senior, a senior position. How many of you, if you're really, truly honest with yourself, how many times have you been in a position where somebody is coming in to either give you some coaching or some guidance or some advice or some information, and whether it be externally or internally, you've looked at this person, you've rolled your eyes and gone, what are they going to tell me that I don't already know? Yeah? I mean, what, are you 30-odd? Really? And you, you're going to teach me something I don't already yeah, that's when the yeah. ego's out. Yeah. yeah. We've, I've, and experiencing that, experiencing that, just to understand what happens to the person on the other side, mm. is they go, well, hold on, because <laughs> I can go full tigger. Yeah. <laughs> I can. I can go full tigger and you will hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I actually understand that sometimes I put that away mm. and to see what reaction I get from people that are in the in the groups or who I'm speaking to. Yeah. And I slow down and I try and manage myself a little bit better so that then people actually have to listen. Mm. Now, whether they think they want to or not, when I start to slow right down, mm-hmm. people start to listen to the pause. And then I hit you with a big, big, big clap from Tom. <laughs> and getting that real information in there and hit you with a salient point. Yeah. People start to remember that. Yeah. Now they might not remember the first bits, mm. but they will remember that you can get something from me. Yeah. You can go that, and that goes back to that reverse mentoring, if you like. But it'll only happen if they put the ego away. Of course. If the block of the ego, is yeah. There, if that sort of that's out there with the swag on. Yeah. Yeah. That that sort of self, <laughs> sort of yeah, bit of arrogance maybe. Mm. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we haven't all experienced that, mm. but. Sometimes we've got to sort of go right. Okay, switch on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we were we were talking about that managing your chimp. Understand? Because again, the chimp will come out and he'll dismiss things. Because yeah, okay, and he's your best friend. Mm. But but sometimes we've got to be able to do that. We've got to be aware of our unconscious motivators and all things like that. Um, but yeah, when we start talking about counselors, we start talking about psychologists. They've got people they can talk to. They go talk to these people yeah. as a matter of their practice. Yeah. Yeah. So when we start talking about executives, when we start talking about senior leaders, who have you got to go to talk to? It doesn't have to be. It might it might be a subordinate. It might be a peer. Yeah. But but who is that? Anyway, we've talked about some of the reasons why people might be resistant to coaching, mm-hmm. or, or or maybe don't think that they that they are worth well not worthy of coaching, but what we're what we're going to learn about that, and maybe slightly above it. So, um, what we got is from uh, this. Um, Joe Fortman said, Co- uh, "Coachable leaders are four times more likely to be rated as highly effective. Okay. Four times, four times more likely to be rated as highly effective. Mm. So, when we start thinking about rated as highly effective, we can use different metrics for that, but." 
But when you start thinking about four, four times, yeah? So four times more better than you are now. That's quite a significant sort of increase. Mm. So um, how can we encourage this? So I've, I've got five things here that I, I would like to, um, I, I'd like to propose. We can discuss, we can debate, yeah. uh, and you can add to them if you wish. Um, however, that will, I've run out of space on the paper, so I'm not going to write them down. <laughs> however, <laughs> see, well, I mean, actually, as, as I said before, there's a couple of things that you've already said that we can lean into on this. Mm -hmm. So the first one, number one, foster psychological safety. What's psychological safety? Well, an absolute belief that everyone's intentions are good. It's okay to take risks, express ideas and concerns, admit mistakes, ask questions, all without fear of negative consequences. Now, to break that down for everybody, yeah, it's trust and freedom. Now, without a level of trust, uh, you, you're going to really struggle about having a full psychological safety experience, if you like. Certainly. Now, if you've got a level of freedom, but you don't necessarily trust anybody, mm -hmm. you or maybe the person that's coaching you, yeah. You're still going to come up against a, a, some some issues long term. If you have that high level of trust, but you're not allowed to actually say what you mean, yeah. then again, that's going to be another block. There's a, not a, a total blocker, mm -hmm. but there's going to be certain things that you're not going to say. Yeah. Okay? And that just makes it very simple for everybody, Spence, because you very nicely articulated that. Um, but yeah, brilliant. What's number two? Well, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, easy, Tiger. We're what doing it for psychological safety. So when we start talking about psychological safety, if you've got psychological safety going through your organisation, yeah. and as you so eloquently said, you've got the trust and the freedom, yeah. it's going through the entire organisation. So how is that How is that going to um, promote the anti-coachability paradox? How is that going to promote um, coachable leaders? Now, my thing would be is that if whether you're first in or last or last in, yeah, it might be that you go, you know what, this is now an expectation of me. Mm. I'm now expected to go and do this. This is the norm for this business. Yeah. This is the norm for even the senior executives, even for people that are supervisors of the yeah. team. But what is it that I have to then do to it? What does that look like, Spencer? Mm. But who do I ask? Well, if I'm feeling psychologically safe, I can ask anybody. Yeah. And I can go to you, I can go to anybody else and say, right, what's this, what's this structure they're talking about? Because I want to get involved. Yeah. I'm going to be involved anyway. I've been told to mention about this, but I've been told to come to you. Absolute belief that others' intentions are good. Nice. Yeah? So yeah. when when you're asking, if you, if there's something stopping you turning around to somebody and say, I'm not 100% sure about this, can you, can you tell me about it? Mm. What is stopping you doing that? Mm. Well, I'm a leader. They shouldn't know that I don't know everything. Yeah, but actually, now if if they know that I don't know everything, well, they could use that against me. Yeah, they could they could undermine me. They could they could spread it around and well, actually, their intentions are good. Yeah, they realise that what you're doing is you're being humble and honest. Yeah, yeah, and you're a human being, and you're actually saying, well, can can you explain this because I don't understand it? No problem. Bang, you do it. Yeah. yeah? So when we start talking about that psychological safety, it's being openness. He's that, as you said, trust and freedom. He's laying yourself out there and going, what do you mean by this? Or, or, or can can you explain this to me? Because I'm, I'm not 100% sure. So he's being raw. He's being authentic. Authentic. Yeah. Vulnerable. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And when we start talking about vulnerability, we're talking about vulnerability being something that people could take advantage of but don't. Yeah, you won't be vulnerable with people you don't trust. You're only vulnerable with people you do. Yeah, because you know that they're not going to take advantage yeah. of that vulnerability. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. number one. That's yeah. number one. Okay. Number two, you love this. Lead by example. So model behavior you want to see in your organization or team. Don't just push your team towards excellence. Actively demonstrate it. Ooh. Who sets the standards? Who's a machine? Who sets the who sets the standards? Spencer Locker. Who sets the standards? Is it the is it just the words that we put up on a wall? And they're the company's values, and that's what we believe in the coaching culture. Or is it actually what happens? What happens on a daily basis for you to go that and that's how we work. That's how it's like a blueprint, isn't it? Yeah. Because now I'm talking, I'm not talking about what we just say, I'm talking about what we do. Everybody does it. 
that's why we that's why I work here. If we think about the coaching culture that we have here, yeah, that radical candor, if you like, when mm. we come back and we have that conversation, yes, hundred percent. I love the I love the chat, mm. but I love being the person that goes, "This is what I've been thinking. What do you think?" All of a sudden, it spreads like wildfire. Oh, right. Oh, well, just remember, Coops is probably going to say something about that, mm. and Spencer will then mention about this, and Scott and Tracy and Martin will definitely have a an, an input on that, mm. and that becomes the norm. That becomes. The culture that you've created, not the words on the wall. Mm. Words on the wall could be a reminder, yeah, but it's how you act. Now, yeah. if we are leaders and we're going, you you need to start being more cult coaching. You need to be you need to be doing more coaching. You need to commit more time, mm. be able to do it. And they go, hold on a minute. What about you? I don't need coaching. Don't need coaching. coaching. You need coaching, <laughs> not me. And which comes back full circle to what we've already spoken about. Yeah. So again. Live by, live by the standards and the and the culture that you're going to create. But you have at some stage, more regular than not, mm. you've got to be showing this to the people that you that you're asking them to do it as well. And also, why why, why do I need to do this, Bente? Because mm. no one's done. Yeah, no one's ever, no one's totally done. Mm. Again, back to your patron, your portrait. Mm. This is me, right? What do I need to work on? Yeah. Okay, oh, that's what I see there, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that authenticity. Mm. It's that lack of hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, and it's the, um, that that when we start talking about psychological safety and trust, mm. the leader is not asking me to do something or telling me to do something that they're not prepared to do themselves. Mm. Um, and it's not a dual level of expectations. Mm. Actually, this is a culture. This is how we do business mm. uh, and demonstrating it. And you know what? It brings teams together. Mm. Anyway, number three. Three. Provide tailored coaching. So what I've jotted down here is bespoke to your own organization, mm -hmm. created and adapted to the needs expressed by the company and its goals. So this was something that you mentioned earlier on about what can I learn from different areas okay. to actually bring it in line with the organization or, or, or bring me in line, it benefit the organization. Yeah. So uh, that, that tailored coaching, I, I suppose the antithesis of this is um, when somebody turns around and goes, right, we're gonna we're gonna bring a culture of coaching and development in. You're gonna learn stuff, Cheers. and you and you like, well, what am I gonna learn? Oh, you're just gonna learn stuff. It's gonna be cool, <laughs> and and it's not necessarily how is this gonna make me better at my job? How is this gonna make this organization successful? It's got to be, um, it's got to be absolutely applicable to the job. And when I say absolutely applicable to the job, in, I mean there was a just a just a, a, a working with a fire and rescue um, service not that long ago, nice. <clears throat> and what they were doing was they uh, provided um, funding for people to go to college um, on their own time. Yeah, yeah, um, but they provided funding to that, uh, and their specific instructions were the qualification that you're studying for doesn't have to directly link to the job that you do, but it has to benefit the organization in some way. Interesting. So so now what we've got is, yes, that opens the doors up a little bit because if you've got a certain job and you're fully qualified there or or, or, or whatever, and you, or, or you haven't got access to that particular course that's going to, well, actually that, but what you can do is this, whatever this is, that can actually support function within that organization. So when we start talking about providing tailored coaching, it's got to be relevant. It doesn't necessarily have to be directly relevant, but that I think the sort of the key question here is: Is the organisation going to benefit from it? Mm -hmm. I think I think you can you can go even more granular with that as well. You go you start it starts off with the organisation. Is the organisation? But if you think reverse engineering, it starts with the individual. Is that individual? Is their team? Is their their function? Their area of speciality? And then is it the organization at the end? Whichever way you look at it from an organizational point of view, it will either be, that's what we need to achieve for an organization. Who can we get to do it? Who wants to do it? That's even more important. Are you trying to solve a coaching problem that doesn't exist to that person? Or do they need to be coached on seeing the blind spots again? So yeah, I think I think that can go right the way up and right the way down, whichever way you want to, and anywhere in between. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, good. Cool stuff. Next one, number four. Okay. Uh, embrace reverse mentoring. Now I'm going to throw this over to you mm -hmm. in a minute, 
But what I jumped jot down here is improving cultural competency. If <laughs> when you say that, <laughs> sharing perspectives, developing comm skills, self confidence, inclusion. Closing generational gaps, yeah. digital skills development, fresh perspectives, self-awareness. When we start talking about cultural competence, yeah. there are people coming in, in the workplace right now who've never known a world without the internet. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when we start thinking about um, our more tenured people, more senior people, their relationship might be with 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 technology and the internet may, may be otherwise, yeah? Yeah. So, when we're talking about cultural competency, it doesn't necessarily mean about um, the big cultural issues, mm-hmm. but it might be about the fact that this young person down here, it's like, well, I'm going to talk about Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. We're going to talk about Tom in a minute. So, Tom, you're not an older guy, are you? You're, you're a reasonably sort of, you're sort of, you're, you're down with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, the thing is, he's got, he's got an, uh, he's, he's got the capacity to do magical things with, with social media, with a computer, with the podcasting that we do, yeah. his knowledge of the technology and the processes, his, his skill with the tools is brilliant. Yeah, what me as an older guy, what I could do, which I probably do do more than anything else, is I'll leave him to it because yeah. it's his world. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that I need to know that everything he knows, but wouldn't it be great if I could step into his world a little bit and get an idea? Yeah. So, so this is, and obviously we've got, there's so much research out there. I just picked the Harvard Business Review. Yeah. Um, this was released in uh, 2019, which was sort of highlighting the, the really the sort of benefits that increasing millennials, that this was really specific, but it does make very clear links to what we've been talking about. That reverse mentoring, if you imagine that somebody that is either... Well, let's put it in the in the in the clearest and most broad term that you have a skill set that's different to mine. I want to know your skill set. If it is something that is generational, I for example, the internet, where some people haven't had as much exposure to smartphones, iPads, Macs, whatever it is, PCs, than other people have, who do I go to to get the information from? You go to the people that have had more time, more experience, more development on it, because there wasn't necessarily teaching the same thing that they're teaching IT at school, even when I was at school. I'm not going to assume anything, Spencer, but it's not going to be the same thing from me to you, from us to people that are in school now. Mm. So that that concept is, well, I go to the people that have that subject specialist. Now, if you think about that, I'm a senior member of staff. I come into the or I, someone new comes into the organisation. For example, Tom within T two, and I then have a conversation with the newest person into the organisation. They knew know who I am, how long I've been here in the position I hold, but I come to you because you're the subject specialist. And all of a sudden, that retention goes. You know who I was speaking to today? Speaking to one of the execs. They've come to me about this, and it was like, how do you not know this? You're at this position. And how do you not know this information when I've been doing it for years, just being of a different culture or a different age? Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about that, why would you not go, I'll tell you what, I'll stay for that. Because I'm bought into you coming to me for advice. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. Because I've got somebody of that stature coming to me over something I know quite a lot about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second bit would be, the right match is that if you've got somebody that is very, very much in a, a situation where they can have that expertise, but they don't necessarily have the experience or the confidence to be able to do so, and they might be communicating in a slightly wrong way, you could maybe set them targets to go, you know what, I'd love to come to you, but I actually like the way that somebody else communicates that. I'm going to go to that instead of you. But if you can calm yourself down a little bit and then I can get onto the same wavelength, mm. Then I can understand you. Yeah. Well, at this moment in time, the match isn't quite right. So I want to make sure I go back to our point of it's really important who does the coaching for you. Of course it is. It's still it's still a major factor, even when you're talking about reverse mentoring. As a point of this, it could be to address mentees' fears or some of the distrust. So, well, why don't we do it this way? This is a miles easier way of doing it, but unless you go to the right person, 
to maybe get a slightly different point of view somebody that's not necessarily high in the in the organization if you like but going to somebody that could offer that advice then you could maybe go you know what they do care they do care about us because they're now asking the questions and they're actually listening to what's going on um which i think is another one another good one ensuring strong commitment from the mentee so if you think about that people that are committing to the processes committing to the conversation that actually open to this coachability paradox then all of a sudden we start to get that little bit more commitment to other things within the business, other other ways because we can see it, we can see it going on. It's not a coincidence just because it's written up on the wall. It's actually who's doing it. Going back into some other points, sharing digital skills. Now this is one that obviously for some of the people that have not got those IT expectations or the knowledge to back it up. Yes, I go to Tom. You go to Tom because he's the subject specialist. Now there's some of the things that we was doing before that I still didn't know about. But now I feel as if I've got a little bit of a deeper concept in what we do with the filming, for example. What is it in your organization from a digital age? Really, we are in that. You, you, what do you carry around in your pocket every day? Something that I was told I would never do. Please elaborate. White. Okay. So, and um, you might be familiar with this. Uh, when I was at school... And yeah, no, no mention about chalk on tile or anything like that. But he was, he was very, he was, he was very, very much pushed for on me right. that the most important thing in the world, ever. the ever, 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 the most important thing in the world was mental arithmetic. And the justification of that by my teacher was, well, you're not going to walk around all day with a calculator in your pocket, are you? Fast forward. <laughs> Fast forward to now, <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, I do. I mean, when we when we start doing social styles and we're talking about um, adding up the the scores that you've put on the the first thing I say is yes, you can use calculator. Yes, you can use phones. <laughs> yeah, but th this is the thing, isn't it? It's um, I carry the phone around in my pocket mm. all the time. Right now, it's not in my pocket because we're podcasting. Mm. But yeah, absolutely. And I imagine I imagine that for, from that digit that digital age. There could be things that we don't use and think about some of the situations where recording voice key important meetings where you might miss information. It's not a dictaphone anymore. You can just do it through your phone. Uh, we've already mentioned about driving cultural change. Again, second by the Harvard Business Review. Promoting diversity. Now, if you think about the people that are in your organization, how many of, how many of those? You can't possibly speak to everybody hmm. unless you've got a smaller organization, but... Some people will challenge themselves to do so. But imagine if there's some people that are from different cultural backgrounds, from different areas of the world, if you like, that bring different skills and different attributes and different skill sets to your organization. You've never tapped into that because you've never asked the question, never opened it up. But again, what can you do with your getting on board with that coachability? Uh, paradox. Yeah. Let's let's see if we can open the network up. So the reason the reason why I say that yeah. is if you think about it, think about go back to phones again. Think about what the last time you was assessed for an academic qualification. Right. I'll go back to school. I mean, I'm from education background, yeah. but yeah. understanding that the same. Let's use your phone. So if you've got your phone, how is that? How many in the last five to ten years? How much has that changed? Phenomenally, so I it's mean, gone from being a briefcase yeah. back in the late was it late eighties? Yeah, 80s. briefcase in the eighties, brick in the nineties, coming back to something that was as big as this, yeah. And then actually, it's gone now to a total touchscreen, yeah. But if you think about across that full time period in the last hundred and fifteen years, mm. how has assessments within organized within education changed? I'm assuming very little. You still sit behind a desk yeah. in a room with everybody else in your school mm. at that age, at that, in, in that year group, mm. and you answer questions on certain things. Now, the questions might have changed, right. but has the process changed? Because yeah. I'm assessing your memory and how you can then implement that. Yeah. That's a deeper, deeper question. But what my point is, is that if you keep assessing things or keep looking at things in the same way, mm. are you stifling innovation? Yeah. Yeah. You need to change your perspective, don't you? Now... I'm, I'm would you say that we, we would necessarily be innovating every single day all the time. Mm. But if you never even open the envelope, yeah, 
that's when you're stopping yourself. I think I think a, a, a great example of that, um, whilst not necessarily being linked to coachability, um, I think a great example of that is your perception of situations. Mm-hmm. Because um, we know, particularly when we do a, a couple of exercises, I won't go into the detail, but sometimes you know, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what I'm seeing. I don't. I just don't get it. Sometimes you've got to put your hand up and go, right, I'm struggling with this. And this is demonstrative of, of being open-minded. I'm struggling with this. Just give me a couple of minutes. Let me just walk away. I'll come back in and just look at it from a different perspective. Mm. And it might be that even then you're struggling. So this is when you turn around and go, can you put it into words of less than three syllables? Mm. What I'm actually looking at here and why it's happening. Yeah. Because now what we're starting to look at, as you said, if you're open to that information, we now need to make sure that we're we're spreading that around. And as you said, with that sort of diversity thing, I'm open to information. I also need to be open to where it's coming from. And it can't be from the same place all the time. So, yeah, yeah, you've got to change your perspective. And and if you're prepared to be able to go, I don't understand it, I don't see it, and and you're not being resistant, because if you're resistant, it's a case of, why, why are we change it? Why, why is that? Oh, I don't, I don't get. Why can't we do it the old? Why can't we keep doing it the way that we keep doing it? Because that works, right? That works. So why can't we do it? And that's when we can start being a little bit less open-minded, more narrow-minded. We have always done it this way. Oh, yeah, sure. Get on with it. Um, sorry, mate. If you're not interested, don't expect me to be. Okay. So let me just. Run through all four, and yeah. then I'll, I'll add the fifth. Okay. So, first one was fostering psychological safety. Freedom and trust. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Second, lead by example. Yeah. It's not just written on the walls. Model you, yeah. behavior you want to see. Yeah. Uh, third, uh, provide tailored coaching. It's got to be relevant. Yeah. It's got to contribute in some way. Uh, four, embracing reverse mentoring, which we just talked to uh, talked about. I, I, to be honest with you, I think that, that conversation going for quite yeah. longer. Um, but however, um, we've, we've done that. So five, offer continuous learning opportunities. So this is sort of linking back to what I was saying about the culture and the values within the organization. Mm. Uh, by providing continuous training and development, you promote this on a cultural level. It's what you do. This is what we do. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have it written down. It doesn't necessarily have it sort of, oh, by the way, you're expected to. No, this is what we do. We are open-minded. We are willing to develop and 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 question and challenge appropriately and all. This. It's what we do. Staff at all levels have a development, growth, improvement mindset. Mm-hmm. So again, as much as we're talking about the coachability paradox from a leadership perspective, if it's endemic within the spine of the organisation, then actually by the time you get to that senior leadership position, it's what we do. So what what's what's my next challenge? Yeah. What how am I going to learn about this what what, what is it going to be am i going to be looking at it from a linear perspective where we're, we're just talking about my particular um discipline and, and how that's going to go up or i'm going to branch out a little bit yeah and start going well what can i take as you said earlier on what ideas and perspectives can i take from other areas of the organization other leaders that mm-hmm. i'm noticing are getting good results and, and, and highly motivated teams how are they doing that how can i take some of that there's there's a lot of that about who, who you talk to. Yeah. And again, if you are talking to people of the same the same stature in role, hierarchy, whatever, but you're actually having that conversation say, this is the way I'm going to now work based on, do you remember when you told me about this situation, yeah. how you dealt with it? I have actually done the same thing and I got this result. What do you think to this? But actually going to the point of going, I now do this with everybody. Yeah. That impacts. Now, that could come from somebody internally within your organization or, well, what do we do? What do we do? People, I've had people sat in this very room. Yeah. Come to us and go, these are the biggest challenges I have. Mm. What do you What do you think? And I go, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm. Well, what have you trying to do? Tell me. Let's, let's hear the story and then let's go from there. Mm. And when we do this, executive coaching or career coaching or, yeah. or, or whatever we do. Um, <clears throat> it's really interesting how people seem to know what they've got to do. But but when you actually, you might put it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You might propose it in a different language. You might put it into a slightly different context. Yeah. 
but what we're looking at there is so, so that sort of capacity to look at things from an objective perspective. Yeah. Whereas <clears throat> when people feel threatened, so we're talking about sort of the chimp and, and things like that, or, yeah. or people uh, don't feel psychologically safe. Well, now we're starting to look at the emotion in the situation. That emotion in the situation is potentially blocking that receptiveness mm. because you feel threatened. You don't like to, you don't like to 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 di display vulnerability and, and things like that. So when you get them in a room and we've got that objective view, we can we can help. And and I think that sometimes people need to get their heads around that. Not necessarily with us, mm. but from a from an executive coaching perspective. Yeah. Okay. Last thing I'd like to say on this, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Oof. Now, okay, all right, I like that. Yeah? Because that would suggest, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. that would suggest that you aren't learning. It, it's not being challenged. So there's the, there's the old adage of, I like not being the smartest person in the room. Um, I, I think it's sort of linked to sort of socialising more than anything else. However, you walk into a room and you start talking to people and, and it doesn't necessarily, we're not necessarily talking about the smartest person that most highly qualified. Because you might go into a room and you might start talking to somebody who isn't particularly highly qualified, but it's very, very experienced, knowledgeable about a certain subject. Yeah. So this is one of the things that I like I like this, not necessarily the randomness, but knowledge coming from nowhere. Mm. So, um, well, I would say coming from nowhere. Uh, when we were talking the other day about Napoleonic Wars, yeah, and it was linked to certain things, and 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 I was, it's really interesting. Why don't I know yeah. all this? Stuff? So, yeah. yeah, I need to. And it's not necessarily fully. Um, it's end-to-end -end education, mm. but it's sparking that thing. And I just think that um, you've got to walk into the room from a humble perspective, expecting that there's going to be people in that room that know stuff that you don't know. Yeah. And again, it's not qualifications. It's 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 experience. It's it's there's uh, all sorts of things going on there. Yeah. Mm. Whereas if you go into a room and you are supremely qualified and and everybody in that room is is you might think are below you mm. from an experience perspective or a qualification perspective. Yeah. What are you going to gain from that interaction? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If you go in with that mindset. Yeah. A, a guy said to me the other day, there are no friends and there are no enemies. They're just teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And somebody else said, very vaguely linked to this, life does begin at 40 because up to that point, you're researching and training. But, this is the thing, is all this information, all the stuff that we're talking about here, we're talking about being open to new information, being open to new experiences, mm. being available to different perspectives, mm. um, how being self-aware enough to do to, to be able to go, well, I don't know everything. Yeah. Or even if I think I do know something, I need to start engaging with people that I don't normally engage with. It might be people that are... On, on the corporate ladder below me. Mm. Yeah, there might be younger people from a different uh, age group. There may be people from a different cultural perspective. Mm. There, there are so many different ways of actually getting more information and more more um, collaboration and coaching. I think I think we've given people enough to go at their expense. Yeah. I think we I think from a from that coachability paradox there's there's a lot of things that people can do with that information. What would be what would be your final line from a T two to these people that are sort of going into this coachability paradox? Right, final line for me would probably be challenge your perspectives, mm. um, because um, I think that self awareness piece. There are people out there I know. There's a guy. Right, I'm going to name a name. I don't like. Uh, I don't. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to name. Here it. we go. Neil Cavill. You know Neil Cavill. Yeah. Was for Geocon. Yeah, yeah. As long as I've known him, he's constantly challenging himself on a daily basis. Brilliant. He's always going out. He, you know what? I, I I think he gets excited by sort of going right. So I'm going to leave my I'm going to leave my desk now. I'm going to talk to something. I'm going to talk to them over there. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? All right. Well, what's new in your life? Yeah. Things like that. I just I've got so much respect for that guy mm. uh, because of the level of experience, the fact that he is open. Yeah. And and 
he really truly to the core of his being believes that every day is a learning day every day is school day and he embraces that and i aspire to be like him when 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 i'm sort of well, I see when I'm his age, I'm not that far behind him, to be honest with you. But, but when, when, if, if I ever got to the, the, the lofty positions that he's been to, yep. I would love to be able to sort of look at myself in the mirror and go, what am I going to learn today? Because I'm sure that's what he does. Final point for me, stay curious. I love it. It's, there's nothing else. There's, if we start to think about what, where, what you're doing now, if it's the same thing again and again and again and again, Go find something different. Go find a different way of doing it. Go and have a have a look. Mm. Be curious. Go go somewhere that might be totally off the cuff. But go do it. What's stopping you? What's the worst thing that can happen? Nearly sounds like Mr. Chow then. No, no. <laughs> right, okay. Well, um, we could waffle on for ages, but we're not going to do that. Nope. So I um, hope you've got something out of the, the T2 Hubcast for today. Thank you, James. Thank you, Spencer. Really enjoyed. Uh, a pleasure as always. And you. Um, and hopefully uh, you'll rejoin us again in the future for another T2 Hubcast. Uh, also, until then, bye-bye. <laughs>